If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the Get in Touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT Thomas at KT's Money Matters, coming to you with your tips and quips and ideas about growing money, saving money, spending money, investing money. And it's sometimes kind of, it's kind of like burning money, things that we spend money on that we actually aren't really paying that much attention to, but it's big, big business. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about storage units. You know, when they make a TV show about it, you know, there must be a lot of money in it. Any of you have ever watched The Storage Wars or have visited websites where you can bid on storage facilities, we're going to talk a little bit about how big the industry is, what to do if you've had a storage facility that you've paid for forever and how do you get out of it? And then how do you get over guilt renting? That and more after the break. Your host, KT Thomas, is the Director of Portfolio Services at New Day Solutions, a firm offering expertise in retirement planning with more than 25 years of experience, dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. We work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals, providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Go to NewDaySolutions.com for more information. Now, this might not be you, but one in 10 Americans pay rent to a storage facility. One in 10. The average cost is over $100 a month, but depending upon your location and, of course, the size and quality of your unit, you could be spending $1,000 a month on storage facility if you were in, say, Beacon Hill, Massachusetts. So you have to know that if this affects one in 10, the chances are good there's someone in your family or a close friend that you know that's spending some money on storing furniture or things that they may never go to again. Why? Well, the first is out of sight, out of mind. Humans are a very visual population. What we see, we feel we need to do something with, but what we don't see, we can leave behind, which is where that saying comes from, out of sight, out of mind. The other thing is a lot of times storage facilities are filled with things that maybe we just can't make ourselves get rid of, but we don't really want. Or as I like to think about OPS, other people's stuff. So other people's stuff could be, oh, I don't know, that dining room set that your parents gave you that doesn't fit in your house and you're never going to use it, but you can't make yourself get rid of it because after all, it was your parents. On the other side, let's talk about your kids. They went to college 15 years ago and you still have their trophies in a box in the storage facility, as well as the old skis that they haven't used in a long time and other things. 
you know, the industry doesn't really like to call it, you know, like to talk too much about it, but they understand that this is a big business. In fact, across the country, we spend something like $38 billion in storage. That's right. Now, you might be making a contribution to that $38 billion. If you are, this show is for you. One of the things that I look at is why do we do it? And then how do we get out of doing it? And then on the other side, for you investors, we're going to talk about why storage facilities might be an interesting long-term investment and how you might benefit from thinking about that as the kind of business investment where, you know, it makes money even though you're not there. So let's get into it. We've talked about why we do it. You know, this idea of guilt renting, the idea that we put things away that we can't make ourselves get rid of, or we've moved or we've staged our house. We've put a lot of things in storage and we just never went back for it. Same thing for boxes in the basement that we haven't opened since we moved there five years ago. I imagine that probably rings through with almost everybody, but we keep them anyway. Because someday we're going to go through them. We're going to decide what to keep and what we're going to throw away. But then we just never do it. Why? We go there and we open the storage facility and we look in and we look for the one or two things we're looking for. And then we close it and we run away because it's overwhelming to see it all there bundled up. It's actually gotten worse as baby boomers are now starting to move into this transition of downsizing. You know, they want smaller homes. They think they're going to give their furniture to their children. And I got bad news for you, baby, bur- baby boomers. Brown furniture is out, especially dark brown furniture, which, of course, many of us baby boomers, we all own. The oak, the dark stain. Our kids, they don't want it. What is a parent with a big storage facility full of furniture to do? This also goes for China. Dishes especially dining room sets. Most people don't even bother to have a dining room anymore. And then, of course, the old bedroom furniture. Well, recently I did a show about unloading some of your personal stuff. We talked about a site called Let Go, where people can put things online to sell them to local people. And for a small amount of money that they receive, they can get it to somebody else that actually wants it. So you could look at sites like Let Go. You could decide to try to sell your things. If you're going to try to sell them, sites like Let Go or Craigslist or eBay might be a good idea. However, if you have been planning to sell your things on eBay for more than two years and you don't have an eBay account, this might be a good time for you to have kind of like what I like to talk about is like a coming to Jesus moment where you say, am I really going to do this? Am I ever really going to sell this stuff on eBay or am I just lying to myself? Because right now what you're doing if you're paying for a storage facility is every month you are safely losing money against the future earnings of the things in the facility you think you're going to sell. I'll say it again. If you're not the person that's going to get it sold, every month you are safely losing money against the future earnings you will never receive. It's just the truth. And at $38 billion a year, there are lots of us out there. If you are one of those people that is really never going to get around to selling those things, I'd like you to consider doing something good with it. 
One of the things you could do is donate some of that stuff to charity. In fact, they will come with a big fat truck and pick it up and give you a receipt for your taxes. I got this information from a site called moneycrashers.com. They talk about different charities, the tax deduction for the value. There's also a link on their site that talks about donating locally, finding local charities that might be interested. But let's say you want to just make it go away and you just don't know how. There's a great organization called the National Furniture Bank Association. They provide needed furniture to struggling families. In fact, last year, they helped 100,000 struggling families get furniture to set themselves up in new apartments or homes as they move. Your deduction would be tax deductible. And more importantly, your storage facility costs could be eliminated. Also, Vietnam Veterans of America also manage storage pickup for furniture. There's also a site called Donation Town. This is a database of all the local charities in your area, and you can also schedule a pickup. And then, of course, there's always Goodwill and Salvation Army who take your furniture and then resell it for whatever money that they can raise. These are all good ideas. If you're not going to gift your furniture and you're not going to sell your furniture, then for crying out loud, take the tax break and get the storage fee back. So once we get all the furniture out of the storage facility, listen, here's what I'll say to you. It's smaller. Your options, you could move to a smaller facility or get this, you could keep going. Now, let's say you have some family heirlooms that nobody in your family actually wants, but you think somebody might want, like collectibles or china, you know, baubles of all kinds. This is, might be a small enough amount where you could sell it on eBay. In fact, eBay is probably the biggest seller of dishes and cups and china and nice, nice things or collectibles that other people might want. You could also try to sell it to a local thrift store who's going to put it in their inventory and sell it. Or maybe they'll take it on consignment. Or you could have a storage sale or a garage sale. That's what we used to call them anyway, when people sold things out of their garage. And you can put it all out there and sell whatever you can and then get rid of the rest. See, you could decide to stop being part of the $38 billion industry and just get along to the idea that you are taking care of yourself. So if you're spending that money, you've been spending it for a while, there's spring cleaning and then there's fall pickup. Think about taking this off of your 2020 expenses by using it now to get rid of it. So whether you give it to charity for the deduction, whether or not you sell it through eBay, if you're motivated enough or let go or Craigslist or any of those other ways that you might sell or you gift it to a great charity so that they can get it on to somebody that actually needs it and wants it. However you do it, what you're really doing is you're limiting the amount of stuff. Now, we all know we Americans are the biggest accumulators of stuff. We love stuff. But now we're actually paying so that we can have more stuff than we can actually keep in our house. I think for most of us, it's time to move on. But you got to know that not everybody will do it. In fact, not even all of you listening will do it. And you guys, I think about, you know, the Money Matters community as being fiscally on top of things. You guys want to be better with money. 
you know, I mean, really there are two kinds of people, those who don't understand money and don't feel like they want to learn. And those who want to be better with their money, you're that person just because you listen to this podcast. But even some of you won't bother to fix this because it's too overwhelming. You open the door. Oh my God, you close the door and you go back to your life. And there are a lot of businesses that know this. So let's talk about it from the investor perspective, because I just think it's also one of those niche little interesting businesses that print money that you don't have to be there all the time. So this is not a small side hustle. This would be a significant side hustle. Build a storage facility. Buy a branded franchise. You could buy a branded franchise in companies like Bluebird Storage or Pods. You could build your own storage facility. You could check out storagetreasures.com for a list of all the different pod and storage facilities that are available on a franchise basis. Why franchise? Well, if you have another day job, you may find that a franchise business might be easier to run. Why? Because they actually do all the branding, all the advertising, and they have the brand value recognition. Now, maybe you don't need that, but you do need to know things like, are there enough people in the town? Are there enough people in the surrounding communities? Is the storage facility location that you're looking to build on? Is the real estate cheap enough? Is the location have enough foot traffic that people will actually think about using it? How will you reach out? Where is the next storage facility? How far away is that? Are they completely full? What's the pricing matrix? And so once you get down the line of building that kind of business, you really have to know you're either going to do all that research yourself or you're going to buy into a franchise that has some separation agreements, which allow to make sure that nobody builds one right next to you. I love the idea of businesses that work when you're not working. And I think, you know, as a woman who's basically owned one kind of business her whole life, the kind where she's worked hard all the time, that things like real estate and storage facilities and different kinds of businesses that are open, that generate money every month, that you're not there generating the money every minute of every day can be really attractive diversifier from other kinds of things that you might be doing, like all your sweat equity businesses, which is I got to show up, I got to be there and I got to do the job nine to five or nine to 10 or every day or nights and weekends or however it goes in your life. So these kinds of side businesses can be very, very profitable. How much money do you need to buy into a franchise? Uh, you're talking about having somewhere between 400000 and probably a million dollars. So what you're really saying is this is money that was my, maybe my stock market investment money that I'm going to diversify and I'm going to own this different business and get an income stream here or rental property, you know, kind of all comes into that same character. It's the, it's the building of wealth. And it is, it's a very big business. It's not a flashy business. It's not a sexy business, but it's not a small business either. So it's something to think about if you're thinking about how do I add depth to the way I make a living and how do I use some of the money that I've already acquired to help me make more money in the future. So whether or not you're the person who has the storage facility that's paying that maybe shouldn't pay, or you're that person looking for that outside business, I personally think you let the storage wars resume. Figure out what side of the fence you're on and take a look until we speak again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. 
Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.